Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome and thanks for hanging out with us. Here's a special entrepreneur for us today, a specialist at connecting the dots. We're going to talk about aligning the dots with Dr. Philippe Buissou. Now, are you familiar with a Gordian knot? It's a knot that is impossible to untie, but it can be removed with a bold action, such as cutting through the knot with a sword or something like that. You may hear it of, you know, things like thinking out of the box or taking bold actions. Well, in our business as an entrepreneur, we find ourselves in scenarios, I do, that seem impossible to solve. And no matter what solution we have, it doesn't really solve the problem. That's like the Gordian knot. No matter what you do, it still isn't quite right. And we have to take a totally different, sometimes a drastic measure to solve the issue. Well, we're going to show you how to cut the Gordian knot. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And you're always going to have choices in your business. There's always choices, but sometimes nothing solves the issue. So what do you do? Well, we're going to show you a new paradigm on growing your business and resolving issues. Again, it's all about aligning the dots and how to develop a clear roadmap. Meet Dr. Philippe Buissou. He founded and managed the online Apple store, growing it from zero to 350 million. He's now a managing partner for Blue Dots Partners and uses a special methodology on aligning your business for significant growth. I mean, really something. Now that's a weak explanation. So I tell you what, let's have him tell us all about it. Hi, Philippe. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hey, Tony. It's a pleasure being on your show, and thank you for inviting me. Philippe, we are all looking forward to learning more about how to align the dots, break that Gordian knot. And I'd love to know, first of all, your backstory. How did you wind up in this field? Like, what, what happened back then? How did it all happen? Well, I have been in Silicon Valley for 31 years. I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. I actually studied a software Unix company when I moved here from, from Europe. Um, and, um, you know, I, I started some businesses, some of them were big failure and, and, uh, and a source of, of learning. Um, and then some of them were successful, you know, like the online Apple store that you talked about. Um, and I have also been on the other side, uh, which is a venture capitalist. So I was a partner in a seed and early stage fund. And, uh, what we were doing is we were looking at, a first round of financing for very young uh, startups and helping them go through the first phases of the growth. Um, and as I was doing this, I realized that growth was really critical to the success of those businesses. And it, I came with a very simple question, which is, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a business leader, as a business owner, what do I do on Monday morning at eight o'clock to grow my business faster? And that question really started to uh, be critical and front and center in my mind. And I really wanted to find a clear answer to that deceptively simple question. 
Uh, makes sense. I think a lot of us have that question. And somewhere along the line, as you went through this, you had this vision that you have this methodology on how to outperform a target market. When did that vision and how did that vision come into, into this? Well, I, I, uh, I've been thinking about this topic for a long time. Uh, and I think that the challenge of growth is one of the most vexing and difficult challenge that, again, that all business leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs have to face. Um, and if you think about it, you know, what do I do on Monday morning at 8 o'clock to grow my business is a little bit like saying, what do I do on Monday morning at 8 o'clock to be a good parent? And there is no simple answer to that. It's complex. It depends on the stage you are in uh, with your business, like it depends on the age of the child. And there are really no school. They are, they are, there's not like a Bible or a book that you can read and that will teach you how to be a good parent. Or there are thousands of books, which is the same. And I realized that the topic of growth was very similar. There's many books that talk about it, but there is no a school of, of growth. You don't go there and get a diploma and learn a technique. Um, and in 2014, I got an epiphany, which is I realized that if you want to grow as fast as you can as a business, the only way to do that is to perfectly align your business with your target market. So growth is really all about alignment. And if you think of a complex mechanical watch, if you misalign the gears, then the watch will start to go slower and eventually it will stop ticking. Well, if you misalign your business with your target market, then it, will go, it won't go as fast as you can. And then it will eventually slow down. It will put you on the path of irrelevancy. And then you may actually die as a business. So alignment was really the key and the secret to grow any business. Philippe, I've, I thank you for your book, Aligning the Dots. I've actually read quite a bit of it. I've gone through it. It's a lot. It's, it's a training class. But the first thing that came to my mind when I read your book, which is just what you said now, is it's akin to a watch. Now, I don't know how many people in my audience have ever done this. You let me know. But one of the things I used to do as a kid was I would collect old watches. Now I had paper route jobs, so sometimes people would throw out watches. And I I was fascinated by, you know, 21 jewel movement, 17 jewels. And yeah. what I did as a kid was I would take these watches apart and pull out those jewels. And the reason I bring that up now is you've got this little itsy bitsy little tiny device and it just rolls perfect and everything moves so beautifully. And one little thing that can go wrong, one little a grain of sand, a dent, anything can just stop this movement. And yet it's so precise. We we have the watch analogy. We all talk about it. We we speak, we speak about it, we hear speakers talk about it. But if you ever take apart one of those old watches and see the mechanism. It just changes. And when I was going through your book, Aligning the Dots, we're going to talk about it here because I have some questions. I just want to say how extra real, is that a good way to say it? Is that a good word? Extra above and beyond real it was on all the little pieces needed to make this perform, to make it perform well. And we're going to go into that. But I just thought I would just share that with you that uh, I have this it means more to me when you say, let's align the dots, Tony. It's like, I really get it on a different level. 
But yeah. I, I, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say. So I think I think watches are a very good analogy um, to businesses. And and if you think about a mechanical watch, it's like it's like a business. It's complex. It's sensitive, and it has to be resilient in challenging environments, exactly like a business. And the other thing that that's amazing is that those mechanical watch have gears inside that are moving a huge amount of times. Um, there is a an oscillating gear which is called a balance wheel, and that oscillates twenty eight thousand eight hundred times per hour. And in fact, if you multiply all the moving pieces by their frequency, you can calculate that a typical mechanical watch moves 2 billion times, and that's B, billion with a B, um, every every two years. Um, and so it, it, it's very remarkable. Those watches, as you said, they, they give time at very high precision, and you carry this on your wrist, you move all the time, you go on the top of Kilimanjaro where the pressure is much lower, uh, you're in the middle of the winter when it's very cold or in the middle of the summer when it's very hot, and it gives you time with a very high degree of precision. And the secret to make that work is keeping those, gear, those gears aligned. And the key to keeping those gears aligned is the jewel bearings, the thing you were talking about. And, and they are absolutely critical to create and maintain the perfect alignment of all the gears between the two plates. And they were invented in 1704 by two Brits. And in fact, they had a patent for their brilliant discovery. And without them, the gears would not maintain their alignment and the time would, the, the, the watch would slow down. Um, and there is one particular Patek Philippe watch that has jewel bearings that are blue. And in fact, the name Blue Dots, the name of my firm, is actually based on that particular watch with the blue jewel bearings. And I was so intrigued by it that I called Patek Philippe in Geneva and I said, well, why are they blue in this particular watch? And the guy told me that it was because it was a special anniversary watch. And because uh, I've actually never seen a, a watch with blue jewel bearings. They're typically red or yellow. Um, and it was funny on the phone, he says, and did you know there is a Rolex that has one with green jewel bearings, which I've actually never seen. But the name of our firm is coming from that particular model, that particular movement. Amazing. Thanks for explaining that. That's very amazing. It, it's uh, when you hear of businesses that do millions and millions or billions of dollars, and you, I think of that, everything is just rolling well. Mm -hmm. But I've got to ask you, okay, so you realize this methodology on how to outperform the market. You, you had this vision and you could do it. But why? You could do anything you want. What's the purpose behind this? Why, why are you doing it, Philippe? Well, because growth is, is critical. And if your business, and, and so let, let me step back. When I talk about growth, there's two things that are important to understand. One is I am talking about revenue growth. I'm talking about the top line of the business. Because the bottom line, the profit line cannot be above the revenue. It's stuck. There is a ceiling. Whereas you can start a business and, and build it to billions and billions of dollars in revenue. There is no limit. So again, it's growth, growth relative as, as it relates to the, to the revenue line, to the top line. The second thing is when we talk about growth, we talk about growth relative to the market in which the business operates. So if your business is growing at 20% in a market that's growing at 50%, then you're not growing as fast as the market. You're losing market share. Somebody else is growing faster and is eating your lunch. So what you want to do is you want to grow your business faster 
than your market and your target market. And so growth is, is a matter of survival. If you're not growing faster than your market, then your competition is you're slowing down, you're becoming irrelevant, somebody's getting bigger than you. And as Brian Darrell, who's the CEO of Logitech, told me a couple of years ago, he said he looked at me and he said, "Look, there is only growth or death." And I would argue that even small businesses like a restaurant or a dentist, who are constrained in how much they can grow because of physical or, or bandwidth capacity, still have to grow because of inflation. You know, they, they cannot charge the same price over 20 years; it wouldn't work. They would go out of business. So I call that the imperative of growth. You have to grow, and if you're not growing, then your business is not on a path to become successful, and and that's why it's so critical. And by the way, in the venture business, if you have a high growth business, you can raise money. People will fund it, um, and if you are not growing, venture capitalists are just not going to put money in your business. They would put money in the next business that's growing faster. So growth is usually driving the demand for investment from the venture capitalist community. We're talking about aligning the dots with Dr. Philippe Buissou, and you can find him at bluedotspartners.com. That's three words, bluedotspartners.com. Philippe, let's drive a little bit more into your vision path. We talked about why you chose that focus on the topic of growth, why you went down that road. So before we go further down what are blue dots and aligning the dots, let's kind of touch upon the traditional methods to grow a business. And, and then we'll show the, uh, the, the difference or comp comparison and contrast. Yeah, so the traditional way of, of addressing the challenge of growth is typically to focus on, on sales. And that's because it's the closest thing to revenue. The salespeople, if they are not selling, they are not booking, there's no bookings, there's no revenue. So it's a very natural instinct to say, oh my gosh, we're not growing as fast as we can, or we're missing our numbers. Let's just, you know, let the VP of sales go, or let's just retool the sales team, or let's just change the compensation plan. Um, and, and that really works. The second thing is to go after marketing. Is that, well, sales is not selling because the leads are not high quality. We don't have enough leads. Um, and then the next step is to go after the product. Well, the marketing guy says, well, we don't have the right leads because we don't exactly have the features that we should have. Our competition has feature X, Y, and Z, and we don't. And so you start fixing the product. The problem with this approach is a very circular argument. You start with sales and marketing and then product, and the product guy says, well, I don't have the time and I don't have the budget that I need to build a real product that I want. And it really doesn't work. And the, the reason it doesn't work is because it's fundamentally based on emotions. There is no data analysis that says we measure X, Y, and Z. We understand why we're not growing as fast. And therefore, we're going to apply this to start, you know, changing those measurements. Um, it's just like, okay, let's just let's just apply a discount at the end of the quarter. And I tell you, I've been on 21 boards. Those techniques rarely work, in my opinion. And again, it's just because it's based on emotions and not based on any analytical, scientific way. I'm thinking with you, and I'm not trying to argue with you. I just want to understand better. We have a product. We have a service. We think we're bred to think we see it in movies, too. We read it in books. We hear it on speeches. Sell it, get leads and sell it. And so we're this is our indoctrination. 
Now, it works and then it doesn't work. You say, well, there's a new paradigm shift here, but I'd like to go a little bit further into why doesn't it work perhaps all the time? Why could it develop kinks that just shut it down or stop it? Well, the problem with just focusing on selling is that it's a very short-term transactional view of the business. It is not about building a long-term positive relationship with your customers or your market. And so, yes, you may convince somebody to buy something that they either don't really want or don't really need or are paying too much money of, of for it. The problem is one day they come to their realization that they don't need it or they don't or they are paying too much money. And then when that happens, they start to look at your brand and your company in a negative way. They tell other people. So you people fundamentally buy or should be fundamentally buying because they desire the product. They understand what the product does. They understand the value. They understand how it's going to change and impact their lives. And they are willing to pay the right amount for that. And if you take that thinking instead of just transactional, where you reward the sales guys to close a transaction, then you are building a much, much stronger relationship with your customers and a much lasting relationship with your customers. And that, I think, is the problem about focusing only on sales and transactions. That makes great sense. All right, let's bring in your new methodology, your new paradigm. What's what's counterintuitive about it? Well, I think there are several things. The first one is that it's based on the notion that growth is driven by a good alignment between the business and the target market, which, by the way, forces the business to define what is that target market. So there's a whole discussion around the definition of the market, what I call precision segmentation, what are the different segments you want to focus on, the one you don't. Um, the second thing is that they are actually four universal axis of alignment between any business and its target market. And then the third one that's counterintuitive and that's kind of new is that you can actually measure how well your business is aligned along each of those four axes by measuring a coefficient of alignment from zero to 100%. And now you're thinking about data and science and analytics, you're not thinking about emotions anymore. And now you can start to really address the challenge of growth through that new way of thinking. And by the way, for those that may be seeing this on video, I've just put up a copy of the book, Aligning the Dots, which, uh, which I am in process of going through right now. And it is quite something. And we're talking about that here with Dr. Philippe Buissou. Amazing information here. And what I like so far about it, what I find, I guess, surprising, you've, we've talked about this just now, but just to kind of recap, is it takes the emotion out. It's more like that watch that we keep going back to that same thing. It's it's precision. It's moving. It's oscillating. It's it's rotating on jewels. It it uh, almost frictionless, which is quite something. Yeah. And it just keeps going as long as it keeps moving. So it's a matter of having the, and you can tell us more the, the pieces in place that when in place it just rolls and it just moves. That's what I find surprising about it so far. Yeah, so we can, let's just take that analogy just a step further. We said businesses are like watches. We talked about jewel bearings. And, and I, I just said that there are four universal axis of alignment between any business 
and its target market. And in fact, those four axes of alignment are organized by four pairs of jewel bearings. And I'm going to describe to you what those jewel bearings equivalent are in the business. So the first two jewel bearings that really are critical to align is that the pain of the customer and the claim that the business makes to address that pain have to be aligned. It has to be the same thing. So Tony, if you come to me with a headache and I show you a stomachache pill, you will never buy my pill because your pain and my claim are not aligned. That's the first axis of alignment, if you will. The second one is that the perception, which is the understanding of the claim and the messaging, which is the expression of the claim, those two things have to be aligned. In other words, a customer has to understand what the, what the claim is and the business has to explain, express that claim in a way that the customer understands it. So to go back to this analogy of the pill and your headache, assume you have a headache and I describe it to you in Korean, I'm assuming you don't speak Korean. I can't do it in French because I know you speak French. But you would not understand what I'm talking about. So you're going to say, well, even though I may have the perfect pill for your headache, you will not buy it because you're like, what the heck is this guy talking about? So I'm not expressing the claim in a way you understand it, you're not going to buy. That's the second axis. The third one is the way customers want to acquire the product, the, want, the, the way they want to purchase the product and the way the product is sold in the marketplace have to be aligned. So if I said, Tony, I've got your pill for your headache, it costs 99 cents, you'll be gone in 10 minutes, but you have to come down here in Palo Alto to buy it. You're going to say, well, wait a minute, there's a pharmacy just next door to where I live. Why can't I just walk there and buy it at the pharmacy? And then the last axis of alignment, the last two jewel bearings is, is really related and, and came from my experience at Apple. So I spent three years at Apple. I spent the last year working for Steve Jobs, uh, which by the way is how I lost my hair, if you ever wondered. <laughs> but there, is, there are three interesting lessons I learned from Steve. And, and one of them is that I came to the realization that there is one and only one unique business on this planet. So we are all in the same business, whether you're managing a small firm or managing a restaurant or you are the CEO of United Airlines or Tesla, there is only one single business we're all in. And that unique business is the manufacturing and delivery of delight. Let me say that again, because this is really profound. There's only one business on the planet, which is the manufacturing and delivery of delight. So when you buy a product or a service, you have a certain delight expectation. As you consume that product or that service, that expectation has to be met. There cannot be a mismatch between what you expect and what's delivered to you. And that's the fourth axis of alignment. So the four universal axis of alignment are the pain of the customer and the claim the business makes have to be aligned. The perception, which is the understanding of the claim and the messaging, which is the expression of the claim have to be aligned That's the second axis. The third one is purchase and sale have to be aligned the way customers want to buy and the way you're actually selling your product in the marketplace have to be aligned. And finally, the expected delight and what you deliver to that customer have to be aligned. And if you perfectly align your business along those four independent axes, then you will realize the maximum growth rate possible within your target market. And that's really what all the book is all about. And this is really the new way to think about alignment and growing. And Philippe, as you're going into this, 
I think about some of the things that we've spoken about, such as emotion coming in and things like that, and how this is very, very much like that watch where it's, it's I, I, maybe it's, it's very technical. It's do this and you get that. It's very, not mm -hmm. rigid, but it's very structured as it's opposed to, hey, just smile and walk in and, and ooze, you know, all these other thoughts. I'm talking about new thoughts. I'm talking about uh, conventional wisdom, even of how to run a business, all these, mm -hmm. how we do things, some work, some don't, but it seems to come at odds with, with aligning the dots, aligning pain and claim and so forth. And I'm thinking, um, how, how does that work? Because we have so many other ways to grow a business and so many other thought leaders out there saying, this is all you have to do, or that is all you, ha you have to do. And this is so different to that. Yeah. So I would challenge to ask those, those people who say that to say, well, how do you, how do you measure success and how do you measure what you're preaching? And all the books about growth that I've read, and I've read uh, this is a topic of interest to me, obviously, I spent quite a lot of time on this, are really based on emotions and experience. Like, well, I did that and it worked for my company, therefore it should work for yours. Well, I can tell you that building a business is like parenting. What works for one child doesn't necessarily work for another child. And even within your same family, you don't necessarily raise you know, your two boys the same way. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to say, okay, you know, now that I understand the four axes of alignment, and by the way, I don't know any other way to go. You have to align along those four axes. There is, no, there is no escape. But the next step was to be able to measure how well am I aligned. And, and at Blue Dots, we've developed about 20 tools, and there's actually some of those tools that are exposed and, and explained in the book, where we can measure the coefficient of alignment from zero to 100%. So I can look at any business and say your claim versus pain alignment is at 72%. You're missing about 30%. You can do better there. And then by virtue of measuring, we unearth and really understand where the misalignments are. And that enables us to build what we call the growth playbook, which is, okay, what do you do now to rectify those misalignments now that we know exactly where they're coming from? So I always think of what we do to help companies grow faster as doctors but the difference is that we do have an X-ray machine in our office. We have an MRI machine and we have blood work machine. And what we do is when we show a line on an X-ray and explain there's a fracture on that particular bone, then it's a lot easier to tell than the customer or the business what to do. Said, so, okay, your work has for four weeks. And nobody argues with us that when we show a line on a fracture on, a, on an X-ray that is a fracture, we never have that discussion. They understand. And so again, I'm taking the emotion out, I'm measuring, I'm showing data, I'm showing facts, and then, and then we have the prescription you know, playbook. Um, and then now the CEO knows what to do on Monday morning at eight o'clock because he has that prescriptive playbook based on what we measured and what we observed and all the misalignments that we now understand. It's quite a new idea. It's very unique. And I know you've mentioned a little bit, but it's just like, how you've put it all together and go, yes, this is how to do it. You've worked at a lot of businesses. You've been on a lot of boards. Um, we're just making notes along the way and seeing what works, what doesn't, because this is a very scientific approach, just like that watch. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have a PhD in physics in chaos theory. So obviously I, I like to measure things. 
I like fact things that somebody else can measure independently and find the same results. Um, and, and again, I just wanted to take this emotion out of those board discussions and management teams discussion. It's like, what are we talking about here? What are we measuring? That's very interesting. You brought up your, your, your profession, your degree, you, you, you're a PhD in physics. You're used to, not used to, you, you like to, my brother's a PhD as well. And very rigid, very structured, very, boy, how can I say it? You like to look at things from very unique points of view and really kind of change things. And if you know a PhD and hang out with a PhD, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I don't have to describe it anymore, but it's a very unique type of person. that's very beyond scholarly, just the way product, uh, problems and uh, issues are looked upon is very, very different to talk about out of the box. And so you, with this background, you're used to looking at things a certain way and you've applied it to business. You've created a whole new paradigm on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my PhD was in, in the transition from a system that's chaotic by nature and transitioning into an orderly system. And typically in nature is the opposite. You have something you start with order and then you get, you get into chaos. And the way you do it is by forcing the system and aligning the system with forces that the system is not naturally exposed to. And that's really how this whole idea about alignment for business came to me. It's like, if I can align my business, then I can take out the chaos and really bring order and, and, and be rationalized about it. Um, and then the next step was to be able to measure. How do I measure and how well am I aligned? How do I put a number behind that? Um, and then after that, putting together the growth playbook, which is a lot easier because we now understand what the misalignments are. So it's very clear that my PhD in physics was very helpful in the way I was thinking about it. But I always say that, you know, if you read aligning the dots, this is not an explanation of chaos theory. It's a lot simpler in many, many ways. Um, and it's a lot more intuitive, I would say, that quantum mechanics, for example, or, or the theory of relativity that Einstein invented 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, sorry. No yeah. worries. Philippe, it is a new methodology, as, as we've spoken about, and your company, Blue Dots, you focus on companies, helping companies to achieve this high, fast growth of success, and you you cater, if that's not the right word, or you, you focus on companies that make $10 million or more. However, in your book, as well as I believe you mentioned it in, in this interview, it can apply to any business, even a cafe, but a cafe is not necessarily a big running business with a lot of employees, though there are a lot of moving parts. If anybody's ever run a retail store, yeah. which I have for years, no matter how few the employees are, there's a lot of moving parts. So I have to ask you again, does this, I'm going to call it scientific methodology, does it apply to any business? So, so the principles, the four principles of alignment are absolutely universal and it applies to any business, regardless of its size, its location, the types of business models, its pricing. Uh, and I actually challenge all entrepreneurs um, to be able to articulate in one sentence what pain they address, in one sentence what claim they are making. And is it the same sentence? Are they talking about the same thing? And then I go to the three other axes, which is what you, what's your message in one sentence? Why should I buy and so on and so forth? So 
the notion of alignment along those four universal axes applies to any business, regardless of its size. The reason we tend we focus on businesses that have at least ten million dollars in revenue is because we cannot measure. There is no, there are not enough data points in smaller business. If you have five customers, well, I'm not going to be statistically correct just by talking to five customers. So we put the bar at ten million where we're comfortable, because typically those businesses have to transition. I think a business becomes a real business. Uh, in terms of from a venture capitalist standpoint, once they cross to 10 million and growing from 10 to 100 million is the hardest growth path. And, and again, the only reason we're focusing on 10 million minimum at Blue Dots is because they have enough data, they have enough prospects, they have enough lost customers and lost prospects, and we can measure churn and we can measure alignment. Um, otherwise, you know, those numbers would not be statistically accurate and, and they would be dangerous to render a, an opinion and, and an advice on how to grow faster. Philippe, could you give us some examples of good and bad alignments on this? Yeah. So an example of probably the worst alignment I've ever seen in my life along the fourth axis, which is the expected delight and what the company delivers, um, is a company that was studied in 2003 by a dropout out of Stanford, and her name was Elizabeth Holmes. And she studied this company called Theranos. And the idea of Theranos was to be able to take one drop of blood and run dozens and dozens of blood tests. And so you don't have to stick a needle in somebody's arm. And they wanted to go after the $75 billion blood testing industry. And that's only in the U.S. That's not even outside the U.S. So obviously a brilliant idea. You know, everybody would want to have one drop of blood being taken to do any test. The problem is that it was fraudulent and the results were inaccurate. Um, and, and in fact, there was a lot of cheating going in terms of delivering the results. Um, and so the expected delight I have as a customer of Theranos is that, okay, I go somewhere, I can prick my finger, I have one blood, uh, one drop of blood, and then I have the results you know, within a day or two days. The problem again is the results were inaccurate uh, it was fraud. Elizabeth Holmes went to a trial just a few months ago. She's awaiting sentencing now. And that's probably the worst misalignment I've seen along the fourth axis. And, and it's even more disconcerting because it's touching people's health. Um, and so that, that's something that I think it's even worse than, you know, you build a software product that doesn't quite work. It's okay. Well, people's health is not typically directly affected by that. Um, so that's an example of really, really bad misalignment. An example of a great, you know, I think the best aligned, aligned company I, I know of is, is Apple because the company is perfectly aligned along each of the four axes. Um, if you think about the emotional connection that the company builds between the product and the user, uh, if you think about the messaging and the advertising, the, the huge, you know, emotional um, and vibes going through those messaging. Now, if you think about the third axis, which is how do I buy? I mean, you go into an Apple store. It's what I call the reverse movement where the, the cash register comes to you as opposed to you stand, standing in line with 10 people in front of you to pay. Um, it's a very well thought out process and experience. And then of course, the delight of using, opening the packaging, discovering the product, using the product upgrade returns, um, being able to, you can take any Mac product, even if you bought it 20 years ago and they would recycle it, you take to any Apple store. 
So, so I think that one of the reasons the company is worth over a trillion dollars in the marketplace and, and has seen amazing growth rate despite its size is because of this really, really good alignment along each of the four axes uh, between Apple and its target market. And I think that's just fantastic. Apple's a great product. Absolutely great. Can you tell us about any results or and successes that you've had using this principle, this this methodology? Yeah, so so we deployed and, and we've been refining those tools uh, since 2014, and we've done 80 or 90 engagements uh, since we started. Um, and because we are scientists and we like to measure, we actually want, wanted to measure. It's like, well, how good are we truly in delivering those growth, uh, you know, and meeting those expectations? So what we do is we take, we took all our clients and we measured the growth rate they had 12 months before they hired us. And then we deliver them the growth playbook based on the analysis and the misalignment analysis that we did for each of them. We give them the growth playbook and then we measure the growth rate 12 months after they started. Uh, well, we, started, we start the clock when they start to implement the growth playbook and we measure the growth rate they have 12 months after. So we look at 12 months before hiring us, 12 months after they start implementing the growth playbook. And the rule that we use is that they have to have implemented at least 50% of the growth playbook. Because we're like doctor, we give a prescription and some companies decide to not go to the pharmacy, they don't want to take the pills. So if they are not implementing the growth playbook, obviously they're not gonna go as fast. And what we observed on average, there was an uplift of 39% in their growth rate. So if a company hired us with a growth rate of 10%, 12 months after implementing at least 50% of growth playbook, now they would go at 49%. We added about 39% on average to their growth rate. So significant results, significant shareholder value creation, and again, the reason it works so well is not because we're smart, it's because we use a very well-crafted scientific approach to it. Um, and, and we use, you know, we use these data points to be able to rectify those misalignments. It's not about what we think or our, our experiences or because we're good guys. It's because we measure things in a very disciplined way and we tell them what to do based on those measurements. And if they do it, then they will meet success and grow faster. Philippe, with the customers or the clients that took your your papers and implemented it, did you have any failures? We never had any failures. The failures we have and we always wrestle with is why don't they implement the growth playbook that they paid us to develop for them? And what I realized is that dealing and accepting the status quo is a lot more comfortable than changing because all the playbooks, the growth playbook that we build, and again, each playbook is very, very specific to the business. It's like it's like a prescription given by a doctor. If you look at two different patients, obviously it's going to be very different because depending on their conditions. Um, and I'm always I'm, I'm 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 an optimistic guy, you know, and that's I think every entrepreneur has to be optimistic, otherwise they wouldn't start a business. And I always think, okay, well, they're going to do what we tell them to do, what we advise them to do. And what I realized is that some companies and some management team, even though they tell us before that they will change, they are reluctant to change. And I, on one level, I wouldn't say that we failed, 
because we told them what to do, whether they take the prescription or not is their prerogative and their decision. But I always feel a sense of failure somewhere because it's like, why didn't you implement the growth playbook? Why didn't you follow the advice that we gave you? And and I don't really have control over that, but I still feel like I don't know if the advice were as good as I thought it would be because they didn't, they didn't follow it, and therefore I couldn't measure the growth rate and the delta. As you're mentioning that, I'm thinking about you've been on all these boards, you've been in a lot of business, you're scientific in your approach, you've put together a great methodology, and I'm thinking what were what was the biggest challenge that you've ever had to undertake and how did you solve and, and take care of it? I think a very good question. I think that what I really like about what we do is I never know the answer at the beginning. So, and, and to me, the intellectual challenge of figuring out where the misalignments are is very exciting and very appealing. So again, if I think of myself as a doctor, I see a patient coming into the office complaining about a pain in their abdomen. I have no idea what's going on there. And the process by which we take the x-ray, we look at the blood work, you know, we look at all kinds of data and we're able to diagnose what the issue is and tell them, to me, that process is the most exciting part of what we do. And CEOs and management team who hire us always want to know very quickly um, and it's like I always tell them, he says, I have no idea why you're misaligned. I know you're misaligned somewhere. Otherwise, you would execute your growth rate and you'd be happy and you don't need us. But I really don't know where it is. Um, I would say that more specifically, one of the biggest challenge that we see, and I think it's a very hard to solve equation, is pricing optimization. And what happens is people don't think hard enough about their pricing structure and how they optimize pricing. The discount curves, uh, the demand curves are not well understood. And it's really hard because when you change the pricing, you create churn. If you typically you increase your pricing, some people will say, well, I'm not buying anymore because it's too expensive. But the additional revenue you generate through a price increase has to, has to offset the churn that you're going to generate. Why not create too much friction for new customers who haven't bought yet? So it's a really tricky equation to solve. And sometimes it's not about price increase. Sometimes it's about price decrease. And sometimes it's also about changing the terms of pricing without changing the dollars and cents. Because procurement may have a certain way to buy and you have too much friction in the way your pricing is structured and you need to change that. So I think that's one of the challenges that, that, that we see all the time and it's not an easy equation to solve. And pricing, by the way, is part of the claim. On, on, so it's part of the first axis of alignment, the pain versus claim. The claim doesn't exist without pricing. Some of the challenges we see now is a misalignment between sales, marketing, and RevOps, revenue operations. And that we see that more and more where, you know, sales is blaming marketing. Marketing is not generating the right leads. There is no data flow that, that works really well between marketing and sales. There is nobody who is accountable for measuring the right KPIs and the right data. So that's also a challenge that we see quite a lot um, and that we like to, to solve. Um, so those are examples of, of challenging projects that, that I think are very exciting intellectually, but they're not that easy to solve. 
Philippe, we are entrepreneurs mostly in the audience. There are people that are have careers and so forth. And in the last two years or so, we've had a lot of changes. And I'd like to know from you as the entrepreneur side, the, well, forget that part. Just, I'd like to know how do you balance your work and your life and how do you make everything fit? Because things have been very different lately. You mean at a personal level? Yeah, well, yeah, you've got your business, you've got your work, and then you've got to take care of life. And a lot of us work at home and we have life issues as well. Mm -hmm. And so we're always looking to learn and we'd like to know, how do you balance your work and life? How, how do you make it all fit? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, first of all, I, I'm very blessed and, and very lucky. And I, I suddenly recognize that and I'm grateful for that. Um, I love what I'm doing. I love the work we're doing. We have a great team. Uh, we work with amazing companies and, uh, and amazing entrepreneurs. And, and just the fact that I love what I'm doing, I don't think of it as work. I mean, I think about it all the time, but I don't, I, I never have a problem waking up in the morning. I, I'm always excited about what we're doing. Um, secondly, in terms of balancing personal life and, and business, I think you have to have very clear boundaries and know which zone you are. Am I working now? And when you're working, you have to be very focused. So that's just, that's the way I am. And if I'm not working and I'm playing tennis or I'm spending time with my wife and my kids, it's like, okay, I am focusing on them and I try to live in the present moment. I reject all the business ideas that come to me and I, I really try to focus. So I think being disciplined and being focused and knowing when you cross the line from business to personal back and forth, but knowing which zone you are in, where you're working, I think is very helpful to me. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that I think that eating well, sleeping well, exercising, doing some fun stuff. I mean, I, I used to skydive. I've done a thousand jumps. And I can tell you when I'm jumping out of a plane and falling at 120 miles per hour, I'm really focusing on what I'm doing. I don't think of anything else. And that really helps. When I play tennis, I'm trying to really focus on, on watching the ball all the way to the strings. And that makes me disconnect with everything else and really focus on one thing at a time. And to me, that's worked really well and it's balanced. But again, I'm very disciplined about those things and I'm very aware of them. And, and I think that's important. Thank you so much for sharing that. Once again, we talked about aligning the dots with Dr. Philippe Buissou, and you can find him at bluedotspartners.com. Philippe, thank you so much for sharing with us and telling us about your methodology and how it all works. It's fascinating. I recommend everyone check out the book. Go to Blue Dots Partners, find out more about it. This is great. Philippe, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. It's been a real pleasure and, and really enjoyed it. And, and uh, thank you again for inviting me on your great show. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We talked about aligning the dots with Dr. Philippe Buissou. What an excellent interview about specific methodology that actually helps grow a business. Your business helps it grow quite different and quite scientific. His company has a great success growth of their own. We spoke about so many parts to kind of separate and understand better this methodology. We talked about the traditional methods to grow a business, why some of these traditional ways of growing a business rarely work. We talked about what's counterintuitive about his new paradigm. And then we talked about what's so surprising about it and 
how it provokes new thoughts. And, you know, you've got this conventional wisdom that goes in and you've got, here's how we're supposed to do this or here's how we're supposed to do that. And as he mentioned so nicely, the same piece of information, how to raise one child doesn't work for the other child. A pill for pain doesn't necessarily work for pain in the gut as opposed to maybe pain in the head and headache and so on and so forth. And you have to really take a good scientific approach on what's what are the barriers to a particular company, which are he has a, a, a four different key methods here that you'll read in his book. And he talked about how he came up with the new idea. We talked about, well, the book is called Aligning the Dots. If you're on video, you can see a picture here. And his background is a scientist and how that really helped put this together because you need that scientific point of view sometimes to really analyze things from a different way than we're used to from follow your gut or follow your emotions sort of or fly by the seat of your pants sort of leadership. And we talked about how this new methodology can apply to any business. We talked about good and bad examples. We talked about a lot. Check out the book and see what the precise steps are. And please tell me what resonates with you. And again, please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that. And of course, most important, I say this all the time now, please share this with a few friends because it's friends helping friends that we all are going to get past any issues that we have. We have to unite on that point and stay strong and help each other. All right. Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. Remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 